go. Boom, there it is, ladies and gents. What up? All right, look, uh, working with young people is something I do every single day, but to get one of them to come on the show, doing something for themselves as, a, as an entrepreneur, now that's something special, and we're going to learn all about what he's doing. So if you're interested in what the heck is Gen Z even thinking about in the workforce, this episode's for you. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, look, getting young people to work on their future can be a daunting task. I know, I'm a high school teacher. So when you find a guest who started his journey at 18 and comes from that Gen Z era, then you gotta give it a listen. This is a perfect guest for my students. So let's get ready to hear from this young man who's taking action and learning as he goes. Let's talk about Gen Z and young professionals with Mr. Sam What? What up, Clips? All right, I don't wow. know what's up with this stuff. Uh, the, the kids are playing <laughs> random times today. So welcome to live stuff on the internet, man. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Amazed to be here. What, uh, what an introduction. What an entrance. Oh, look at that, look at that. Sammy Bentwood, he started at 17, not 18. <laughs> all right, all right, I feel you, I feel you. All I've right, got, well, some, I've got some fans in the chat already. There we go, dude, there we go. All <laughs> right, man, let's jump into this thing. Uh, look, I, I literally have a classroom of high school seniors. They're about to graduate high school. They're probably in the same situation that you were in when you were 17, ready to graduate. Probably had no clue what you wanted to do. Tell me about your high school career and uh, how long you've been out of it, what you've been thinking about. Yeah, so uh, I've, uh, I'm now at university, actually. Well, college, as I guess you call it, in the States. Um, but I started my entrepreneurial career when I was 17. Um, so I was kind of looking into college applications, as I'm sure lots of your classroom are doing now. Um, and I was thinking, I need to get some more experience in the workplace um, for my college application. So I contacted this wicked company called Wing. Um, they did like contactless and digital business cards. I love what they were doing. I was always very eco-conscious myself. Um, so I sent the CEO a message on Instagram. I literally DM'd him. I was like, look, can I get three weeks work experience? He was like, yeah, sure, man. Send over a CV. Um, we got on a call and two days in, he said, look, we'll take you on part-time. We'll give you equity in the company, make you a co-owner and we'll, we'll keep it going from there. Um, so I'm now in a four-year contract. I've now, I'm now the head of growth. Um, so I do all the sales, marketing, um, all that kind of stuff. And then I found that lots of young people um, didn't have a lot of exposure to entrepreneurship and didn't want to get involved in business early on. So I started my podcast, which is called the Enterprising Gen Z Podcast. Um, we've been streaming in 48 countries around the world, charted in the US, UK, China, Hong Kong, parts of Africa, um, the UAE most recently. Um, and it's going really, really well. I love inspiring young people. And I've launched uh, Enterprising Gen Z Events, which is my events company, um, where we kind of take the value of the podcast into real life um, through unique networking opportunities for young people um, to kind of inspire and empower that next generation. 
All right, let me let me back that up a little bit because a lot here. First of all, you didn't know what you were gonna do, right? You you were gonna go the traditional route, applying at universities, getting ready to go the whole college route because that's what you were told to do. And then you did something a little bit unique. You started to work essentially for free. How did that fly? Like, I want to know. What did you tell your parents? What did you tell your friends when you decided to start working and not getting paid? Well, okay, so it's really interesting you mentioned. So I really wanted to kind of learn more about business. There's no better place to learn than inside a startup. Now, the problem with the startup world is that they don't have a lot of cash flow. They don't have a lot of income. They don't have a lot of revenue, which means they can't take on employees for paid for for you know for a pay for for a, a, um. I mean, I can't think of the word now for a salary. That's the word I'm thinking of. Um. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to work for free. And I worked for free for about, I'm going to say for about six, seven months. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. But I thought, is the experience, does it outweigh a salary? Yes, it does. Um, because I thought there's no better place to learn than kind of uh, inside a startup. Um, my parents actually were really supportive um, because they kind of, they've been, had very successful careers in business themselves. Um, so they thought there's actually, uh, you know, it's better than me playing Fortnite or FIFA or whatever, um, investing my time in learning a skill. And well, now it's a skill that I'm able to utilize in return for revenue. Um, so, you know, uh, in terms of kind of the long-term play, it's been really great for me. Um, because I've been able to earn money while I'm now at college. Um, kind of, I feel like now university, or I guess the Americans call it college, is kind of like a side part-time thing. Kind of all my effort goes into my business now. Um, but my parents are extremely proud of kind of where it's come. Um, I'm really proud as well, kind of the people around me. I mean, even my friends who made fun of me for doing it for free, they're kind of, uh, they're the, I'm the one laughing now um, because, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm making more, much more money than they are. Yeah, but it started off with with a risk. So let me ask you about choosing that startup, right? So uh, a lot of these guys, I try to tell them the same thing. I'm like, there's it's it's so expensive today to go to college uh, over here in the U.S. It's really easy to get a student loan. Really difficult to get rid of a student loan. There's a lot of a lot of risk today in taking on an education that you may or may not use in the future. There's value in education, but the college route is kind of expensive for a lot of people. So I'm encouraging my students to find a vocation, to find some sort of a certification, something that they can go to school really quick, get a certification, start making some money, or even better, kind of take the route that you went. Find somebody that you want to be in an industry in and then find a mentor in that space and go after that extra internship or that, in your case, the equity side, right? Put in some set sweat equity to go in. How'd you go about choosing this particular startup when there's literally thousands and thousands of startups you could have gone to? So in terms of the startups you should choose, um, realistically, you're working for free. So it's got to be something you're passionate about. If you're not passionate about something, then you're not willing to work for it. Right. Um, so I chose Wing. Um, a, I like the people, the company, you know, the company, uh, the company culture and the company ecosystem was something that I really aligned myself with. I really love that. Um, and then secondly, they're an environmental company. So um, it's a business card that you tap on somebody's phone and all your contact links come up. So it replaces a paper business card. Now, paper business cards are awful for the environment. Um, you know, 80% of paper business cards get thrown away within a week. Um, I'm sure that's a statistic that not many people know, but it is true. Um, so me being kind of always eco-conscious, uh, recycling, really taking care of my digital and, and, and my carbon footprint, not my digital footprint, I don't know why I said that, my carbon footprint, um, it kind of really aligned with my values. So the fact that it aligned with my values 
um, really helped for me to kind of have the motivation to work for free for so long and kind of gain that experience along the way. Um, now, secondly, I think in the ways that you can actually find them, TikTok's really great to find B2C brands. Now, a startup which sells B2C, which is business to consumer, is probably the best place for you to be because business to business is much more complicated. So since I've been at Wing, the digital business card company, we've changed from B2C to B2B. But when we started out, B2C was a really exciting model because you can use social media marketing, which is kind of a much easier form of marketing, which you can't really utilize with B2B. Um, so I think um, that's probably the kind of startups you should aim for is a startup which kind of directly um, sells to consumers. Now, in terms of actually finding them, um, TikTok, which is where most B2C brands lie, um, you can, you know, scrolling through your For You page or the hashtag business, you'll find so many startups on there which are selling products, which need help and need people. You're not going to get a no from a startup which has no cash flow. And if you're that one bright teenager looking to get experience, they're not going to say no to you, even if you have no experience, because as long as you're there, um, willing to learn along that journey with them, um, they'll, they'll take you on whenever. Um, also, LinkedIn is an obvious thing. Create, even if you've got no experience and you're just a high schooler, um, you know, having that catchy intro, having making, make, putting yourself out there as well, saying, look, I, I posting, look, I really want to get um, an internship or some work experience inside of this really cool startup. You have so many startups messaging you going, hey, man, look, let's, uh, or hey, a person, uh, we'd love to get, we'd love you to get involved with us. Um, and yeah. No, I agree with that. I got a lot of vendors that come to me, uh, especially in the content creation space that want to, you know, quote unquote partner, right? But they don't really want to partner. They want a vendor. And so as a startup or as a small business owner for the podcast itself, I'm like, I don't want to pay for people. I'm looking for team members. I want people to come in and show me that you can do what you say you're going to do. And then we can talk about revenue splits or stuff, stuff like that. But I don't want to bring somebody on that I know has little to no experience or I don't even know any of the quality of the work that you've done. I want you to develop some of those skills. So when you were, th when you were thinking about getting into this space, when you were, when you were contemplating which, which company you were going to work with, uh, Sammy over here is saying, you know, it's important to align your business with your values. I'm going to go a step further and say, is it also a skill deficit? Did you go in looking saying, look, I want to develop X, Y, Z skill, whatever it's going to be. And I think I could really develop that skill with this company. This is probably somewhere I should go. Was it more values based or was it more I need to learn something in a, in a particular industry based? Really interesting you mentioned that. So there's a couple of answers to that question. So the first thing was no, I never wanted a career in business. I purely wanted it for my college application. Now, the fact now that I'm here running essentially three businesses um, is kind of another separate story. I kind of fell into the world of entrepreneurship. However, what I did was when I when I first started at Wing, I did something called Ooching. Now, Ooching is, is doing small scale investigations to test a hypothesis. Um, so it's kind of, I guess you call it a bit scientific, right? Um, so it can be, so my ooching was seeing which elements of a business I really enjoyed doing. So I tested a bit of everything. So that was sales, marketing, PR, product development, IT, management of, you know, the, the workplace, HR, all that kind of stuff. Um, and through that, I kind of, a found where my skills lie in my own personal skills. So my parents are both in marketing. So I really fell into marketing really easily when it came to product development. I was okay at that. But when it came to like it and computer stuff, I was way out of my comfort zone. So that was something that I quickly realized I wasn't too comfortable with. So then I moved in and kind of found and kind of settled in the sales and marketing. That's kind of where I thought I would be anyway. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I kind of went into 
um, kind of when I ooched those different elements of a business that I wanted to kind of get some experience with, um, it was kind of to see where my own personal skills lay and kind of where I could really see myself upskilling. Um, and then it ended up being sales and marketing, which is kind of what I do now as head of growth. So let's talk about that sales and marketing side. You're a Gen Z, dude. You don't know any other life than one that's attached to your cell phone. You've had a cell phone in your life, your entire life for the most part. Uh, a smartphone for that matter for pretty much your entire life. Uh, you, you're you of the generation that lives online versus my generation. We grew up playing outside for quite some time before we moved over to the internet stuff. Uh, marketing is really getting in front of more people, telling them what it is you do. But you have to find where those people hang out. And each one of these different platforms has a, a unique way of presenting content so that you can grab some of that attention. Uh, the specialty that we've done really well for us is in the podcast space. you got to show of your own. You're pretty well-spoken for an 18-year-old. Uh, not a lot of stumbles and fumbles. So uh, let me ask you, like, as you started to go into the marketing space, you said your parents were in the marketing background. Um, what are some of the things you do for a company now to grow that brand, to get that message out? What are some of those marketing strategies that you're implementing today? Okay. So great question. Um, so there's a few, so I'll run through them. So first you've got the organic and the non-organic. So organic means no, no money in there. Um, non-organic is paid essentially. And then you've got, um, digital marketing and then you've kind of got in-person and then you've got gorilla. And then the sixth one, uh, is direct marketing. So I'll start with organic and non-organic. So organic is your Instagram posting. I find that Instagram posts and, and LinkedIn posts as well, um, they do best when you give value, right? So the more free value that you give, the more likely people are going to pay you to provide that same value or provide more value, but tailored to you. So on my LinkedIn, I do a lot of uh, work with how companies can engage better with Gen Z. I post all the time about how companies can better engage with Gen Z and how you'll capture our attention through your posts. Now, the amount of people who see these posts and think, I'm going to work with him and see how I, as a business, can then attract Gen Z as a demographic because I'm providing that free value. It doesn't cost me anything to put that out there, but I'm essentially attracting business leads. Um, so you can... You can put that to kind of any business. If you're providing value based on the product or service that you're providing, then more people are going to come to you with a, with an, with a, with the idea that they're going to pay you for that kind of the, to get more of that free value which you're providing, but on a paid basis. Now, when you've got um, non-organic marketing. You're putting paid ads out there and that's purely to promote your product um, through like with call to actions and to kind of measure your click through rates. Um, that is on a paid basis. I mean, I'm not sure really i'm not a massive believer in paid advertising and paid marketing because as a generation we just scroll past it and um, we're kind of immune to that kind of stuff now so i think you've really got to be you've kind of got to do it a bit differently i think that's why tick the way that businesses are using tiktok is so interesting because they're using it in a completely different way that they're marketing on instagram for example look at ryanair or duolingo for an example or even marmite i don't know if americans know about marmite uh like the like nope. the, the <laughs> it's a very british thing um, but uh, they're kind of advertising in a way that they're kind of doing funny skits and funny videos to attract a different generation. So I think that's really interesting. Now, direct marketing, that's things like leaflets through letterboxes. Um, that's a bit outdated. Now, one thing that I do with guerrilla marketing, guerrilla marketing is kind of putting your brand out there and not really taking, not really f letting people say no. So guerrilla marketing, that's me walking around 
with my Enterprising Gen Z podcast hoodie, my Enterprising Gen Z podcast hat, putting uh, posters up in place where people see them in pub and bar toilets and things like that, um, kind of under the radar. With Wing as well, what we do is we create, so one of our products is this sticker. It goes in the back of your phone, and then when you tap on somebody else's phone, all your contact links come up. One of the first ideas that we had was create them for big companies, email it to their offices, and then encourage them to buy more. So our production cost is pretty low for those, um, which meant that we could produce hundreds, send them to massive companies. Um, I'm not, not going to name them on here, but some of the titans of the car industry, um, huge big banks. We just sent them hundreds and converted them into leads. So kind of mm. putting your brand in somebody's face in result into to kind of get a sale. Um, and then in terms of digital marketing, it kind of covers the organic and non-organic. I think I've gone through all the main types there. Um, but then in terms of like in-person marketing, um, my events company, it's called Enterprising Gen Z Events. Part of what we do is we allow companies to market their products towards Gen Z entrepreneurs specifically through these events. So in terms of the impressions that you'll get from a social media post, <clears throat> excuse me sorry in terms of the impressions you'll get from a social media post there's what they're what i call low value impressions however high value impressions is when you're putting your product in front of somebody and giving them something so for example a company will partner with me on an event um they pay for all the drinks they pay for the goodie bags and they pay for the event space what i provide in i provide the events management i provide me and i provide my listeners now then they're able to pr uh, promote their 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 service. Um, it's really popular with banks so they can promote their startup bank accounts. Um, essentially, because the people feel like they're getting something, so they should give something back. So if you're going in somewhere and this big bank is giving you tons and tons of drinks all night and they're giving you this awesome event with live music, DJs and high-class speakers, the, the entrepreneur is going to go home from this event think, I'm going to open a bank account with them or I'm going to get one of their business credit cards. And those impressions are really high value impressions. Um, that's very, very different to what you'll get from social media. So that's what I think sets apart the impressions that I give from events to kind of things from like organic, non-organic um, social media marketing. I love that. Uh, that strategy, by the way, that you're using with the stickers is super smart. First time I ever heard that happen was with this company that you probably don't even recognize, but uh, Post-its, you know, those little uh, sticky pieces of paper that stick on places. That's the story goes that they created uh, the idea of post-its and they did some campaigns in magazines because that's what was popular at the time. Magazines, radio ads and nothing sold like they couldn't get that to sell at all. They were going to scrap the project and it got to the point where they had so many already made that in process of scrapping the product, they went around and they handed out packets for free to different secretaries, the actual people who were using them. And that's what kicked off the, the actual orders because secretaries who were actually putting these things into use started using them and requesting more and more and more. Then it all of a sudden it made sense to have a sticky piece of paper, which didn't make sense prior to that. I think that's the same way with you. If you were to tell me, oh, you have the sticker and it just passes out your contact information. I'm like, why would I do that? I could just share my contact information. But the fact that you send it over, I'm like, oh, OK, now I got it. Now that's a whole different ballgame. Now it's all a really cool effect. I do it with a, a buddy of mine. I'm like, here, let me give you my contact. A little tap and I'm done. And he's like, whoa, how did you do that? Now that creates that impression that you're talking about. That's that extra order that you're looking for. Putting exactly. it in the hands of the people who are actually going to use them. If I can just add on to that. I mean, it's, it's kind of the wow factor of the product, right? 
So you send them out, bearing in mind they're branded to whatever company. So this could be like a business bros branded one. Mine's just branded to my podcast branding. But when you send them out to somebody and they start using it, they think, oh, wow, I could use this for my face-to-face business instead of giving out a business card. And then they think I should give everybody in my marketing and my sales department when they go and network with potential clients or do their face-to-face business. If I give one of those, think about how cool it's going to be. And then again, when we send them out, we also we brand them to their businesses and they think I'm walking around with something on my phone all day that's got my branding on it. Now your phone is like a walking billboard for your product. So mm-hmm. your back of somebody's phone is prime real estate. So you think I can give them to my clients and they can be walking around with my branding all over their phone. And when someone asks, hey, what is this company X you've got on the back of your phone? They say, oh yeah, it's da 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 And it's really, again, number one, it's that wow factor with their clients. And number two, it's basically free advertising and free marketing for the companies which pick it up. Let me uh, let me go into the podcast space because that's, uh, that's one of those near and dear things to my heart. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. My brother, um, we had this insurance agency here in San Diego. He wanted to find a, an exit, a way out. And so he started a show called The Insurance Bro Show. He did about 80 episodes. And in those 80 episodes, he ended up finding a partner who does a lot of the servicing and exited the insurance company. He literally sits at home and chills every single day collecting his monthly paycheck. To me, that story shows the power of podcasting and what it can do for you in your business. You get to meet and greet with people who are in a particular space, depending on whatever genre you want to do for your own show. You decided to start a podcast as one of your marketing ploys. Why did you, why did you choose the podcast space and what has it done for you? So the podcast space has been massive. So the initial reason I started a podcast Um, And now this isn't a worry of mine now, but at the start it was. So when you're putting yourself out there publicly, everybody can monitor your successes, your failures. Um, Now with podcasting, nobody can see your analytics but you. So I thought, right, if I get no listeners, nobody will know. But if I start a YouTube channel, everybody will see that number at the bottom, which says zero listeners. That's the first thing. Uh, So I started that. Now, you know, I'm not bothered. Anybody can see my analytics. I'm quite proud of them, to be fair. Um, So that's kind of why I started podcasting. And as well, I had a few friends who'd started podcasts. I thought it would be really cool. I mean, everybody, when they're a kid, has started a YouTube channel. And I thought, I don't think YouTube's the right platform for me. Instagram and LinkedIn, I was starting to blow up on LinkedIn as well. And I thought it would be such a great time to convert my LinkedIn followers into podcast listeners. And then as well, I thought, right, how am I going to get people into my events? Um, so I thought, right, I'm going to put, I'm going to kind of focus my marketing for my podcast in the places where I want the events to be, build up myself, uh, kind of build up my personal brand, my personal image, and make people excited to want to come to these events. Because there's, there's, something, there's something a bit boring about normal, like networking events. I thought, how can I make it more fun? You know, music DJs have kind of a, I don't know, I'm not going to call myself a celebrity, but you know what I'm trying to say. Have a recognizable yeah. figure, someone you've been listening to, have, invite some of the guests over, make it more of like an interactive experience and kind of know the people, know, know the person you're seeing at the event before you're going and kind of jazz that up a bit. I mean, also, at the end of the day, it's a nice revenue stream as well. Um, uh, so that's another reason why I started a podcast. Um, I think kind of the the potential um, revenue possibilities were much were much greater. I thought short term. So in terms of monetization, it made sense to me as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the po- I mean, I I mentioned some of my analytics earlier, but I have people from forty eight countries around the world each week clicking on my show and listening to me talk and listening to me interview guests just as you're doing 
for me, that's mental. Why would somebody want to listen? I have, I put, I, I, do you know what I mean? I'm just a 19 year old kid. Like, and people are listening to me every single week. And I find that mental. I find that crazy. But the great thing for me, I mean, I get leads and, and new messages every week and potential clients. And, um, you know, in terms of my events, I mean, it just absolutely propels the number of guests going. My events business hasn't been super, super successful. We've had three events cancelled from forces outside of my control. Um, one was because of COVID. The other one was because we had the event booked, all the alcohol kind of ordered and, and ready to go. And the event space went out of business. Um, so we're going kind of fresh new slate. Because I actually I was back in London, but I actually live in Paris now. Um, so we're starting a fresh new Parisian market, um, kind of optimizing events and stuff like that. Also, kind of a secret. I hope you don't have many Parisian listeners. But the good thing about starting in Paris is my margins are way better because I can charge the same for tickets, but the, the French drink way less than the British do. Um, so it means <laughs> I don't have to spend as much money on alcohol, uh, which means I make more money myself. So I'm very happy with that. That definitely, that definitely works. I, I'm, I'm curious, like for me, I, I do a show in English, right? And I'm in the U.S. I mean, that's, that's the main language spoken here. You're over there in Paris. You have different languages um, and English is not the main language that's spoken in a lot of these countries. How does that affect your listenership or the people who engage with you? as far as getting guests on the show or having those conversations? So I leverage my LinkedIn followership following accordingly. So whenever I want to kind of get a bigger listenership in any certain country, um, because I, I want to put an event there or something, for example, in Paris, I spend a good three, four weeks uh, targeting my LinkedIn outreach with uh, connection requests and things like that, particularly with um, CMOs, CEOs, uh, founders, co-founders, with Parisian people. Um, <clears throat> the way also um, the, the LinkedIn search feature is hyper specific. So you can target English, English speaking uh, CEOs living in Paris, which means that in terms of the people I'm connecting with, they're ideal listeners of my podcast. So that's how you kind of target it. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. All right, we didn't. Uh, we're getting low on time, so I want to make sure. Um, what is it that you're that you're promoting today? What is it that you're working on? You're going on podcasts. You're being a guest on the shows. Other than being a young entrepreneur, like what's the main purpose, right? What are you out here doing? What are you out here selling? And how can people get a hold of you? Well, I mean, I'd love more listeners on my podcast. So we're kind of at the point now where I'm so happy with our numbers. Um, but of course, kind of getting more more listeners is always the goal, right? Um, so I can see the my URL is going along the bottom. So if you check out the website, um, click on any of the, there'll be icons there to take it to whatever po uh, podcast directory. Um, we post weekly interviews with some of the top entrepreneurs and industry professionals from around the world. Um, where we talk about tips, tricks and advice uh, for you guys to get more involved in business. And if you've already got a startup, um, different industry, um, industry experts talk about things like marketing sales and all the different aspects that you need to make yourself successful as an entrepreneur especially a young entrepreneur um and also we've got events coming up in paris january 31st um is the tentative date we scheduled that for so if there's anybody listening from paris make sure to head over to um my linkedin uh, which i know might come up um but uh yeah we'll be posting about that soon uh, it's gonna be an awesome event 110 people all co-founders founders ceos and myself music djs drinks all night happy days 
Dude, I've uh, your episode 1060. I've interviewed over 800 different entrepreneurs, and the cool thing uh, about like oh, some of the skills that I've learned have been intense. I always compare it to like the Matrix. Every time I get to come on a show, I get to talk to entrepreneurs who are at the beginning of the game, people who are in the middle of the game, people who've exited the game, and learn all kinds of amazing things from them. So, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Second, no um, you you started to interview a bunch of people. You're learning from different entrepreneurs. You went the internship route. Um, you know, for me, it's been amazing to listen and learn. What's some of the greatest things that you've learned as a podcaster from other people who've been on your show? Well, I think it's got to be that interpersonal sensitivity, um, working with other people. I've always been kind of like a, I'm a solopreneur, so I don't work with other people. However, kind of learn, learning that interview skill and kind of collaborating on different projects is, again, something that I've really learned. Um, I think it's also going to be, it's personal branding was another thing that I've learned because I interview a lot about personal branding and lots of the, a lot of the entrepreneurs who I have on the show have significant social media following. Um, that's because they ace their personal branding. So I've kind of been able to replicate replicate that to some extent um, and kind of model myself um, in, in, a, in a way that kind of attracts listenership. Um, so I think the kind of the personal branding aspects, especially on LinkedIn, has been probably the biggest thing I've learned. Um, and I post a lot about that on my LinkedIn. And I even posted tips on that on my Instagram today, uh, which is Enterprising Gen Z Pod, if anybody wants to check that out. Um, but yeah. That's awesome, dude. Keep it up. Uh, I mean, you're you're you know a year and a half, two years into this thing. Uh, creating personal brand is super phenomenal because no matter what, no matter what business you're in, it might go it might go hockey stick up, it might fail, it might flop, but your personal brand will be with you at all times. So keep it up. Sure. One of my favorite things to do. Uh, I'm in the real estate side, and ever anytime I'm competing with an agent and I'm sitting there with the client. I just tell them one thing. I'm like, look, selling your house is about marketing. So Google that agent's name and then Google my name and look at, compare the two, which one's the better marketer. And hands down, that tends to work almost every single time. The power of podcasting will build your brand, will help you establish yourself, give a name for yourself and start making you whoever it is that you want to be. You get the power to create yourself. So keep it up, dude. Uh, one more time, ladies and gents. E-G-Z pod scrolling across the bottom E-G-Z pod.com. Make sure you guys check out Sam's stuff and encourage him, man. He's 19 years old. He's barely getting started. He hasn't <laughs> even stepped in the, pro, in the in the problems yet, right? He's just at the beginning phase. So anybody who wants to chime in, listen in, give him advice, work with them, maybe get one of those stickers so that you can have the contacts. Make sure you guys reach out. You can also follow him on LinkedIn at Sam-Watson-CEO and check out all his stuff. And if you want to contact him, shoot him an email, sam at egzpod.com. Sam, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. Ladies Thank and you gents, so much. It's been a pleasure. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.